not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Tim Mott. The U.S. death toll from COVID-19 fell 16% to about 7,200 people last week, the first decline in deaths after four weeks of increases, according to a Reuters tally of state and county reports. New cases have now fallen for three weeks straight, though the United States still accounts for a quarter of the global total of 20 million cases. A series of new studies have revealed signs of strong and lasting immunity in people who developed a mild coronavirus infection, according to a report released on Sunday. The studies, which have yet to be peer-reviewed, uncovered that antibodies and immune cells capable of recognizing the virus were apparently present months after infections concluded. The findings could help to eliminate the previous concerns over whether the virus could trick the immune system into having a poor memory of prior infections. Israel and the United Arab Emirates announced on Thursday that they will normalize diplomatic ties and forge a broad new relationship, a move that will greatly change Middle East politics. Israel had signed peace agreements with Egypt in 1979 and Jordan in 1994, but the United Arab Emirates becomes the first Arab country on the Persian Gulf to reach such a deal with the Jewish state. The Nebraska legislature on Thursday passed a ban on dilation and evacuation abortions, a move hailed by the Nebraska Catholic Conference. DND abortions are typically done in the second trimester of pregnancy and result in the dismemberment of an unborn child. One of the last remaining pro-life Democrats in Congress won a primary victory in Minnesota's 7th Congressional District on Tuesday. In contrast to the struggles faced by pro-life Democrats can- Democrat candidates in other parts of the country, Representative Colin Peterson defeated two primary challengers in the August 11th election, garnering 75% of the vote. He will face Republican Michelle Fishbach, who was the state's former lieutenant governor in the general election in November. More than 100 Democrat politicians have sent a letter to the party's platform committee calling for changes in the platform to accept pro-life Democrats and assure them that their view will be respected. The letter voiced concern that the party's leaders and official platform have moved to an extreme position on abortion in the last two decades, sending a message to Democrats that they do not belong in the party unless they oppose all limits on abortion. Dated August 14th, the letter signatories include local officials and state legislatures, as well as nine members of Congress and three governors. Police in Portland, Oregon, declared that a protest outside a law enforcement building on Saturday evening had become a riot and made numerous arrests after officers and police vehicles were allegedly hit with rocks and other objects. And finally, please pray for Father Larry Richards, who announced on his YouTube channel yesterday that he is in the hospital. According to his Twitter account, he does not have COVID. However, his diet and medication have caused some issues which doctors are working hard to resolve. Blessed Nicholas Politi, pray for us, born in Sicily in 1117. From the moment of his birth, miracles began to happen. The water that they used to bathe the young infant just born, when it was poured into the ground, a spring welled up at that very spot. In fact, as an infant, he refused to eat, to nurse, or to take any food on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, imposing upon himself from that infant moment for the rest of his life, a lifelong fast on these days, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. 
As a boy, he was often given the task of being a shepherd, and he had to fend the sheep. Uh, he had to fend the wolves off from the sheep. And what he would do when the wolves would show up, he'd simply make the sign of the cross, and the wolves would flee from his presence. He was able to, out of uh, the grace of God and many miracles granted to him, to heal both sheep and humans through prayer and fasting. And uh, But there was one moment, because he wanted to spend the rest of his life as a hermit in, uh, in prayerful solitude and contemplation of the divine. But his parents had ulterior motives for his life. And at 17, they arranged a wedding for him. Well, this was a very stressful moment in his life. And at the, at the moment where he was supposed to go to the altar to be married, uh, in fact, he decided uh, that this wasn't God's will for his life. And two angels appeared to him at this moment. One angel, a good angel, that it showed him the way out, letting him escape from this moment. But then Satan appeared to him and offered him many glorious things that could happen in life, uh, success, riches, wealth, you know, earthly pleasures. But he rejected Satan by praying. He prayed for strength in God. Do you pray at moments of great temptation? Do you call out, do you cry out to God for help when you are being tempted? Well, blessed Nicholas Politi did, and it saved him. Well, on his flight from marriage, on his flight to uh, going to become a monk, a, an eagle fed him along the way because the angel was showing him where to go. An eagle showed up to feed him and to tell him which cave he was to live in. Now, he did uh, basically attach himself to the Basilian Monastery in Santa Maria del Rogato in Sicily, but he lived in this cave for the rest of his life, and he would... Uh, Ardent, uh, very austere sort of life, very difficult life, asceticism. And only on weekends, only on Sunday, did he go to the monastery to receive Holy Confession and Holy Communion at Mass. Now, he was warned of his pending death, and he, uh, and he was able to go back to the monastery to make his final confession and his final communion and be able to uh, die, leave this world in uh, 1167 with great peace of soul and mind as he returned to the Creator. So let us think today of our final end. Let us think of, of our death and, and pray also that we will have strength and resolve to live holy lives, to fast, to pray, and to be resolved to uh, obtain heaven heaven at all costs through the grace of God. Amen. Blessed Nicholas Politi, pray for us. Good morning, Praise Teresa Camara. Good morning, Joe. Praise Jesus. How was your weekend? It was lovely. Um, you know, it's always a mixed bag you, <laughs> whenever you're living real life in the real world. So, so, but it was good overall. You remember that uh, last week I was like, uh, I was boasting very arrogantly about uh, getting rid of the check engine light. Mm-hmm. It came back. Oh, no. Week. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get another opportunity. Second chances come in all forms, right? <laughs> Great opportunity at humility uh, for, for my arrogance and thinking that I could solve my check engine light woes. Well, one of the so. things I did get a chance to do um, on the Feast of the Assumption was attend um, this meditation where uh, online, and um, the priest really emphasized something that I needed to hear that day, which was um, to think about Our Lady of the Assumption and to 
every day take time to thank God and magnify Him and like really? look at how our life actually, you know, how my life yeah. actually is and thank Him for the goodness that He's given me and, and to not just look at Our Lady. Because a lot of times, I mean, like, I'm surrounded by people who remind me, let's look at Our Lady, let's look at Our Lady as a as a role model and as someone to, to guide in it. And it can be very frustrating and confusing whenever it's like, but I'm living the real world right now. Like, <laughs> how is she going to understand what I'm going through right now? And and I always remind myself, and, and he actually said in this meditation, like, her life was not easy. Like God, no. God said, "You are going to be the mother of God," and then all you know, and then all these things are happening. <laughs> so she had to fly to Egypt, and you know, we can go, we can go no more. But um, I think the important thing is to praise God in all things. Yeah, and, amen. Um, so that was that was very helpful for me this week. Yeah, praise Jesus. You know, the feast of the Assumption of our of Our Lady. You know, I I, I did a pop quiz at the uh, breakfast table on Saturday morning because mm-hmm. that was the feast day, and I said, uh, "True or false? Our Lady was the first human out." Side of Jesus, of course, uh, to be assumed into heaven. And I, you know, my kids, they were like, ah, nope, it was not, it was not our lady. Do you know who the first uh, person was to be assumed say into heaven? Nope, negative. But that's a good choice. <laughs> I was like, that first is a person. great choice. He too, by uh, fire. I was chariots. like, he came, yeah. yeah. Now, Noah's great grandfather. Uh, Noah's Enoch. great. Oh, you know what? Yeah, he was. Uh, he oh. was. He walked with God, and he was found no more on earth. So there was a, there's a cryptic reference to his assumption there in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Okay. So Our Lady is just in a, a great line of incredible, uh, you know, people devoted entirely to the Lord to receive this grace and this blessing. Only she was the only human being to be described in all of sacred scripture as being full of God's grace, being Mm -hmm. full of it. The only human to ever walk the earth outside of the Lord Jesus Christ to be called full of God's grace. And she's the only one who was immaculately conceived. Yeah, praise Jesus. And so, you know, just that the effects of the original sin that affect all of us did not affect her. And so there's a lot of theological discussion um, about whether or not she even experienced, you know, childbirth pains whenever she had Christ. Yeah. Um, about how she wouldn't have had that because she wouldn't have the consequences of original yeah. sin. And then also, you know, the question of did she actually die? We know she was assumed, yeah. but did she actually experience the actual death or did she just fall asleep and God lifted her up? Yeah. Because she is the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the daughter of the Father, um, and the mother of, of Christ the Son, who is the Savior of the world. And so, um, and she perfectly, she perfectly did the will of God for her, you know, that he asked her in her life. And so that's, that's huge is just looking at our life and, yeah. the, and what God has handed us and just say, okay, this is your will for me today and I will do the best I can with it today. And that can be our little white martyrdom in those little steps that lead to the red martyrdom because it's, yeah. it's in those practice of the little things. Speaking of red, uh, fascinating fact, uh, story that relates to the Feast of the Assumption. What country, there's only one country in all of the world that I'm aware of that celebrates its Armed Services Day, like mm-hmm. it's sort of celebrating its military service and its history of its military service in conjunction with the Feast of the Assumption. Like they link these two events. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a guess there. Can you guess which country on planet Earth links Armed Services Day with the Feast of the Assumption? I'm, okay, history. You know, history is not my thing. <laughs> if you had to guess, which country, if you just wild guess. I'm not going to try. <laughs> uh, Poland. 
Okay. Poland. So That's it, beautiful. <laughs> David Magyar. You should have guessed, Poland. David. <laughs> so, funny story. Uh, you know, uh, Poland is a country. I mentioned this when I was on Gabriel Castillo's podcast, uh, celebrating the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Poland is a country that has great nationalism, very uh, big, huge pride in their national history. However, they're a country that's always been attacked by Prussia, Russia, and Austria. And it wasn't until the close, the armistice that ended the First World War that uh, Polish people re- received back property, land of their very own. But it wasn't very long. It was in 1918 that they were attacked by uh, the communists coming over, Stalin's army coming over from Russia, mm-hmm. uh, once again trying to steal away their land. And it wasn't looking good. In 1920, when, uh, when, this, when the communist army got to Warsaw, it was looking as though they were going to lose this whole thing. But on August the 15th, everything changed for them. Uh, Marshal Josef, I won't even begin to try his last name because it's Polish. A lot of consonants, not a lot of vowels. And uh, he, he decisively used the cavalry in the battle that day. And he was able to rout the communist army, saving Poland uh, from imminent defeat on the feast day of August the 15th. So the Polish people actually link their military history, their pride, with the Feast of the Assumption because they say that this was a miracle that Our Lady had her intercession in her hand in the victory for Polish people. That amazes me, having served in the Marine Corps, Mm -hmm. to see a country so madly in love with their faith, with Our Lady, with Our Lord. They've they've enthroned Jesus as King and they've consecrated their country to the, uh, the, uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I wish every country, I wish our country would do this. Well, it reminds me a lot of, you know, in history of, of Pope Leo and his defeat of the Huns where he goes out there and he meets with Attila. And, you know, there's this feared conqueror and, and he leaves, you know, and he talks later on about how he could see the angels of heaven yes. coming with the Pope, you know, and it's nothing like having a spiritual force behind you. And, and actually, that yeah. reminds me, I did go ahead and just, uh, on the assumption, we started the um, 54 uh, day novena with great U.S. Grace Force. Um, and so if you have heard of Father, Father Heilman, yes, he and and yes, and Grace Force, I, I highly recommend, you know, it's never too late to start praying right now. So join us. It's day three. Um, and uh, and he is very much promoting the fasting and the FC. Yeah. So if you want someone, you know, if you if it helps you to have a group to do that, more power to you. Now, OK, one other tidbit before we move on. OK, uh, about Poland and this time in history. Did you also know? Fascinating mm-hmm. fact. So, 1918, uh, the Vatican has no emissary. They have no nuncio, no representative of the Vatican in Poland, this brand new country. Mm-hmm. They needed a person. Benedict the Fifteenth, Pope Benedict the Fifteenth. Guess who he sends to Poland to be the nuncio, the representative of the Vatican, the ambassador in Poland. Guess who he sends? The Vatican librarian. The Vatican Librarian. <laughs> now, fascinating fact about the Vatican of Librarian. His name was Rati. Uh, Father Rati was uh, ordained a bishop in 1919 in Poland. Within the space of 30 months, 30 months, okay, what's that? A year and a half? Mm-hmm. He goes from Vatican Librarian to becoming Pope Leo the Eleventh, Or no, forgive me, Pope Pius the Eleventh. Wow. Within 30 months. Librarian. 30 months. 
to Pope in 30 months. A very informed person. Yes. <laughs> and Poland had a lot to do with it, actually. So at any rate, the, you know, Pope, uh, Pope Leo, or no, Pope Pius XI, pray for us. Pray for St. Hyacinth, who is uh, also his feast day, for a Polish Dominican, pray for us. And uh, all the holy martyrs and saints of Poland, pray for us today. Now, on the show here, in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with a retired Marine Colonel, Richard Lochner, who is also a businessman. He's written a book called I Am Your Constant. Uh, it is a book about going back to the basics in the time of difficulty, uh, remembering that God loves you, God has is, is created you in this marvelous and, and wonderful way. So in the midst of confusion and difficulty, let us hold fast to these basic uh, concepts and ideals that will help us to have peace in our life. And uh, he'll be discussing that book with us here in just a little bit. And then uh, at about 35 after the hour, we're going to be talking with Dr. Mario Insler, who was a former Swiss guard. Uh, he served under uh, Pope St. John Paul II. Now, he is the second, he will be, in fact, the second Swiss guard that who served under JP2 that I've ever spoken to. So I'm excited about that. I am. I'm very much looking forward to it. I know my, my dad was like, oh, you should read this book called The Pope and the CEO. That's and, the other one, Andreas <laughs> and yeah. so And so I did not get, get all the way to it because I was busy reading other things. But I'm like, it's on my shelf. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, just the, the insight and just the ability. Um, the reputation that the Swiss Guard has um, just in the protection of the Pope and, and the in a sense like the the peaceful way that I that I hear about like they are obviously they're fighting for the Pope but there's kind of this sense of like the Swiss Guard being an like a um, what sort of looking for? They're they're peacefully protecting the Pope. They're not going out and conquering somebody. That <laughs> the whole conquering concept is completely based within the faith like they're it protective is protective service they're protective yes yeah, but they are also professional what they do Ex- yes the, and they're they're not hardcore. just they're not just uh pr- good-looking young men in uh in steel helmets and uh in frilly clothes with a spear it's not just that they actually are trained and equipped like professional soldiers and we'll we'll get the lowdown from uh dr insler in just a little while but joining us on the phone right now is colonel richard lochner u.s marine corps retired semper fi he is as a graduate, he received his uh, bachelor's degree at Notre Dame in 1961. Uh, he went on to get a master's degree at Pepperdine University in 76, and uh, he spent 30 years in the Marine Corps. He's done a lot of work in business and administration, and now he's got this new book out called I Am Your Constant. Uh, Colonel Lochner, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Joe. It's great to have my morning coffee with a fellow Marine. Semper Fi. Bye. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. Uh, it's good to have you on today, and it's good to talk to you again. Uh, you know, I, I looked at your book that you sent me, I don't know how many months ago, and one of the themes that kind of came to me looking at this book right away is it, a very Marine Corps thing. Go back to basics. I can I can yeah. remember vividly my time in the Marine Corps, and I didn't spend 30 years. I only spent four. You spent 30. Uh, how many times uh, a senior enlisted person would say, you know, in the, and when you're confused, when you're, uh, when you're stressed out, go back to basics, which is one of the reasons why Marines, military, first responders train to retain in muscle memory uh, everything, because it's going back to the basics in the times of difficulty that get us through. I think that's also true in the faith and the spiritual combat, and that's how I perceived your book, but I would love for you to explain what your book is really about. Well, actually, uh, I, I would like to begin, as we should begin all things in life, with a short prayer. 
And this is the Jesus prayer that we all should be saying 10, 12 times a day. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, Joe, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, to talk with you and all of your good friends and listeners at Guadalupe Radio. Uh, you mentioned about going back to basics, you know, of being a Notre Dame grad. Uh, I had to borrow also from uh, Newt Rockney. That was his forte. Uh, go back to basics, basics in blocking and tackling. And, uh, <laughs> That's right, we, football. We have, to, we have to do that in life, too, you know. We yes. have to go back to the basics. So you hit it quite well. Uh, and, and these are very troubling times. And uh, so I wrote a book for the 21st century. And by that, I mean uh, it's an interactive book. It's not a kind of a book you can pick up like a physical book and turn the pages and you're just there to uh, turn the pages and read. This book, uh, it's available for download at our uh, 21st Century website, uh, www.gabrielslibrary.com, as in the angel Gabriel. And... Once you download it to your computer, you will get immersed into the book uh, because there are linkages and it asks you to do things and uh, you will participate in the book. You just won't read the book. You'll wow. participate in it. So it, it's a book for our, our times and you got to admit that these are very troubling times, <laughs> uh, times of worry and times of doubt and uncertainty. Uh, times of people turning away from God when they should be turning back to him. You know, people are struggling, and the devil continues to harvest souls left and right. And uh, many people cannot explain their faith. They don't know the theology. And by the way, this book does have the Neil Obstadt that was granted uh, this year by uh, Daniel Cardinal Donardo, our uh, archbishop. So, Anyone reading this book knows that it is free of doctrinal error. So it does have the Neil Ofstadt as uh, granted. But writing this book was a, a journey that began for me way back in high school. And it began with a simple theological question. And the question posed to us is, what is the dual, the two-point, uh, pivotal point of all Judeo-Christian beliefs? That's where it all starts. What? What do all of them agree to? They don't agree on a lot of things, but what two pivotal points do they really agree to? And the answer to that was pretty straightforward. However, as I began to meditate on that answer and all of its facets and all of the wonderful implications that it had, I began to formulate a kind of a personal philosophy. And that philosophy went on to help me in my Marine Corps career because it helped me to develop uh, a way of dealing with our Marines that sure they have to grow physically but they also have to grow mentally emotionally and spiritually and you know that's just not taught in any meaningful way in our schools or in our families or businesses it wasn't even taught like that in the Marine Corps mm. but it is now and it's not even taught like that in our churches so you know, I, I reflected on that. 
I was going to say, I I when I went to boot camp, I I was 17 when I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And uh, I went to boot camp, and I had never been to to Mass before. But every Sunday, uh, we had the opportunity to go to church. And, uh, oh, they lined you up, marched you, didn't they? Oh, they, we marched to church and back. <laughs> now, it yep. was it, I saw it as a golden opportunity. I hadn't been in a church in a long, long time. I was raised Protestant. Uh, but I, So I went to the Protestant church because they ask you when you enlist, what are you? I'm a Christian. Okay, great. They put it on your dog tags. Wonderful. And uh, But I hadn't been to church in forever. But, of course, when you're at Marine Corps boot camp, uh, you know, you're looking for an opportunity to escape. And so every Sunday, I marched to church. And I, st- I went to Protestant service, but I stayed for Catholic Mass. I had never been to a Mass before. I didn't know anything about it. And to this day, I can recall that Mass. I can't recall the Protestant service very well, but I can I can still see that, that Mass in my mind. But what I was going to su- say more than that was how th- in times of difficulty and stress, people have a, they, I think they have a more natural uh, inclination towards God. Because uh, at, at night, when we stood online for health and say, uh, you know, a sanitary inspection hygiene, uh, before the drill instructor would come out and do the inspection as a platoon guide, I, you know, I walked around the barracks and I would quote verses from the New Testament they handed us when we showed up to boot camp. And, and I could recall to this day how many uh, of those recruits were like, yeah, give me a verse. I need a verse. Give me something to get me through the, the next day. And when, I think your book also kind of brings us back to that sentiment, that notion of, uh, of going, again, we said going back to basics, but I really feel like there is like tapping in to who we are as created in the image and likeness of God and having that natural tether to the divine that too often when times are good, we forget and we become complacent. And it's only when times are difficult that we remember this tether that we have to God. Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely, and uh, let me uh, let me just kind of put a capstone on what you're saying. Uh, one of the things people will notice when they download my book at gabrielslibrary.com, they'll notice the cover, and and the cover of the book is that uh, famous picture from the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel of Creation that Michelangelo drew, and you'll they'll note that in that. Um, on that cover that Adam is reclining in the garden and his left knee is up and his left arm is on his left knee and is reaching towards God. Well, with your elbow on your left knee, there's a limit to how far you can reach, right? Mm. And then there's God. He's got two-thirds of the painting and God is reaching as far and as hard as he can to touch man. God is always reaching for us. He is always asking us to come back. You know, there is a, um, and the book brings this out, the, the, um, the Lord taught a, a kind of a prayer to several mystics, uh, like Padre Pio or uh, St. Faustina, and it's kind of a four-line prayer, and it sums the entire Bible in a way. The first line of the prayer is, I am your constant. And from that, that's why I took the title of the book. The Lord is always with us. He never leaves us. If you're in your car right now, he's riding shotgun. 
If you're going about your daily chores, he's beside you. Mm. If you're at home, he's beside you. If you're at play or at a sporting event or a movie, wherever you are, he is your constant. He is always there. So the first line of the prayer is, I am your constant. The second line of the prayer says, my love for you is unchanging. What he's really telling us is, look, Dickie Lochner, <laughs> I've seen it all. There's nothing you can do that will make me love you less. Nothing. Mm. No sin. No nothing. I've seen it all. The third line of the prayer says, my mercy upon you is endless. How many times should we forgive, Lord, it asks in the Bible? Seven times? No. Seven times 70. That's a euphemism for unlimited. My love for you is unchanging. My mercy upon you is endless. Mm. The fourth line of that prayer is, fear nothing, but trust in me always. Now, that four lines, isn't that back to basics? Yeah. Yeah. I am your constant. The Lord is always with us. He's always reaching for us like he reached for Adam. He's always putting himself out there. And then he came and died for our sins to redeem us, because really only God can apologize to God. Man cannot apologize to God for his sins. Only God can. So all of this comes out in the book. Uh, the book tries to uh, explain how did we get here? Where are we now? And how do we better ourselves in this world? Mm. That's that's really what we're trying to do with the book. And uh, we're talking with uh, it's, it's, retired it's, Marine it's Colonel. We're talking to retired Mar Marine Colonel uh, Richard Lochner about his brand new book called "I Am Your Constant." It's published by Gabriel's Library. Gabriel'sLibrary.com is the website. We've linked to it over on our live video Facebook feed. You can find us there at facebook.com forward slash grn online. And just look for the show today, and you'll see in the comment section a link to the book right there. Uh, what is the what, what does the book go for? And it, it, do they mail a printed copy? Is it digital? What is the format? No, it's it's uh, digital. It's download only, and it's the price of an app. It's uh, it, it's the great price of three dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> Anybody can afford that. I, I I'm not going to get rich on this. I want people to read it. Yeah. I, I want them. I want them to get into it. There is a part in the book, there's a self-test in the book, and trust me, nobody sees this. Mm. You download it, it's on your computer, it asks you to take out five small pieces of paper, and it asks you a question, and it asks you to write the answer. Only you see the answers. Mm. But it's one of those inventories that is, is really vital to help you get back to basics and to understand yourself, as God would perhaps understand you, too. Yeah, I was also thinking in re regards to the book how critical it is in this time to really remind people of the basics of God's love for them and and redemption and mercy. I mean, I mean suicides are are on the up mm -hmm. right now. Oh, they're horrible. I, I I pain every time I hear that some, particularly a young uh, child, might do that. What what can drive them to that? They just don't have an understand. We don't teach about God in schools anymore. So you see, the sin is on us mm. because we didn't stand up and demand. No, don't take God out of our lives. Yeah, yeah. 
So the, the opportunity right now to have, to have an impact, to play a role, to plant a seed in someone's heart. Maybe we know somebody who is going through some depression right now. Maybe we know somebody who is struggling a little more than, uh, you know, than the rest or something. You know, we just have to notice and pay attention to those around us and what's going on. And maybe this could be a gift that we could give to them and to help to, you know, them come through these difficult times. Uh, is it possible to gift this book to people? Can they buy this on someone else's behalf? Have and, and send it to them somehow. We are working on that. I have been in constant uh, contact with our uh, website developers to uh, to do this. Um, if somebody wanted to send like Christmas uh, list to all of their friends, um, right now they probably have to send a message to us at uh, the, the Gabriel's Live. There is a message. Uh, procedure there when they get into the website uh, but the developers are working on that and I hope to have it up and running within the next uh, hopefully uh, week or two but they're struggling and but right now you can certainly buy a copy and download to your own computer and uh, we'll uh, well, let's pray they get the that worked out before Christmas. That'd make an excellent Christmas gift. Uh, we've been talking right, with well, Colonel Richard Lochner, U.S. Marine Corps retired, and uh, his brand new book out, I Am Your Constant, over on Gabriel's Library. Gabrielslibrary.com is the website that you can find that. Uh, uh, Colonel Lochner, thank you for your time today. I'll give you the last last word here. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe, for having me and giving me the opportunity to spread the good news. Jesus does want us to be with him forever. It's God's will that all souls be saved. Amen. So to all you right. and your listeners, I say stay close to Christ and uh, to KI, wherever he is, good morning. <laughs> uh, Semper Fi, <laughs> Colonel Lagner, God bless you. Semper Have a great day. Thank and you thank for you being for your service. on with us. We're going to go to yeah. break right now, and we're going to come back, and we're going to speak with a former Swiss guard under St. John Paul II. Uh, he had probably encountered with a few different saints. I think uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta is another person he knew or met during his time at the Vatican. And we'll talk about his life as a Swiss guard, but also his life post-Swiss guard as a business person, as an investor, as a financial advisor and now as the dean of a uh, of a business school Cameron Business School at the University of St. Thomas all of that is coming up here in just a few moments stay right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network your source for radio for your soul we'll be right back you're listening to GRN Alive now is a great time to call 877-757-9424 I wanted to look more into some of the questions. What about purgatory? What about Mary? What about the saints? I, of course, came across Catholic answers. I was like, well, how can I listen to them? Like, I know they're online, but I mean, that's kind of annoying. Like, I want to just get in my car and listen to them. Like, oh, there's Catholic radio. And I wanted to learn more. I was like, I can't be in like a catechism class every hour of the day. Like, be in the car, have it on radio, listen to things, and start learning more about the faith. It worked, and I'm Catholic now. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 
Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. As family, we have a duty to pray for each other, and we would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day. So the neighbor who we've spoken to, you know, just in greeting, but who I don't believe has ever spoken back to us, out of the blue, uh, surprised us. One day we were getting the kids in the car for Mass and asked us if we were going to Mass. I was dumbstruck for about probably 10 seconds. It was great that we had an opportunity to share about our parish and that we were Catholic. Turned out she was Catholic too, and she assumed we were because of the bumper sticker on our car. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's always good to be on with you every Monday right here across the Guadalupe Radio Network on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well. You can always find us on those platforms just by searching for at GRN Online. Uh, Tim Mott is uh, working on getting uh, Dr. Uh, Insler on the phone right now, our Swiss guard, so we'll have him on in a minute. Let me just share with you a couple things. This week, I'm going to be going to Washington, D.C. Our Washington, D.C. Fishers of Men event is still happening uh, at a country club in Virginia, and we are giving a, a special honor, the Fishers of Men Award, to the Bishop of Arlington. So we're very excited about this, uh, and I can't wait. We're also going to have uh, Father Hezekiah Car- uh, Carnazzo from the, uh, the Institute of Catholic Culture on. Now, the Institute of Catholic Culture, I found this, I don't know how many years ago, many years ago now, when I discovered this incredible resource, I would just, I would consume their content, uh, their podcasts, and now they have a lot of videos, the Institute of Catholic Culture. I, I highly encourage you to check this out. I used to listen to their their uh, their lectures. They would have these college-level lectures on the faith, philosophy, history, theology, and more, and, uh, and, but they were, they were geared towards the average layperson. You know, in a day and an age where catechesis of adults is severely wanting within the church, this is a bright spot. This is a real highlight within our Catholic Church right now. And I'm very excited to uh, to go there and to meet Father Hezekiah, and he's going to give the keynote. And then we're going to present the uh, old Fishers of Men Award to the bishop there in Arlington. It's going to be very exciting. So even in, uh, even in the times of COVID, there's still a possibility to get together, to do so responsibly according to the, 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 the terms that the state of Virginia has laid out, and I'm very excited about being there and looking forward to that. So that's coming up. I also wanted to mention 
the good news is that Monsignor Charles Pope, uh, who had COVID and was in the hospital, uh, is now recovering, and he is now tested negative again, so he's doing just fine. And, of course, Tim Mott mentioned at the beginning of the show that Father Larry Richards is in the hospital right now. He does not have COVID, as far as we know, uh, but uh, he is very sick and in the hospital. So let's pray for both of those priests. And uh, from from what I understand now, we have Dr. Mario Insler on the line. Dr. Insler, are you there? I am here. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to Jesus. It's good to have you on. Let's dive in here. Uh, former Swiss guard served under uh, under a saint, St. John Paul II. Uh, let's start there with your story. Uh, how... How wh- okay? Let, I know you have to be from Switzerland, a specific part of Correct. Switzerland. What was it about the Swiss Guard that intrigued you enough to pursue uh, uh, that that to be in the world's smallest military to defend uh, the, one of the most uh, heavily walled cities in Europe and the world? What was that like for you? Well. First of all, yes, you are correct. To be a Swiss guard, you have to be a Swiss citizen. And uh, I am a Swiss citizen, but I was born in Italy. Because oh, wow. my mom is Italian. But my mom, because my mom is Italian, and I was born in a small village just outside of Milano. The name of the village is Sotto il Monte, under the mountain. And that's where St. Pope John the Twenty Third comes from. So imagine, okay, the joy in my heart when on April 27, 2014, Pope Francis, on the same day, canonized in St. Peter's Square the man that I protected as his bodyguard for 40 months, St. Wow. Pope John Paul II, and the man that I dated two of his nieces, St. <laughs> oh. <Pope> John the <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Well, I wanted to break the ice in the right. Yeah, way. that's great. <laughs> so, to be, so to be a Swiss guard, you have to be a Swiss citizen. You have to finish your um, uh, college, uh, and then you can apply to join the Swiss Army. And why did I become a Swiss guard? Mm. Well, because growing up in Milano, you know, I when I finished graduate school as an only child, my dad said to me that I needed some structure in my life. <laughs> and in order to get that, he suggested that I will join the officer school of the Swiss Army. And I said to my dad, sure, okay, why not? 17 weeks up in the mountains will be awesome. And as a matter of fact, it was awesome up in the Alps, but while there, somebody said, we believe you could qualify to join the Swiss Guards in Rome. Will wow. that something interest you? And I said, no, thanks. I don't picture myself dressed up as a clown, standing <laughs> still <laughs> on the cobblestone of St. Peter's Squares without talking to anybody. Yeah. But, and here is the answer to your question. But the guy, that lieutenant colonel, said, but you know, Mario, when you join the Swiss Guards, you acquire a noble title. And mm. I said, a noble title? Am I going to become a duke or a prince or what? And he said, no, not quite. You're going to and uh, receive three Latin words. Well, my undergraduate is in classics. And when he said three Latin words, I said, give those words to me, please. I want to <laughs> know what they are. Defensores Libertatis Ecclesiae, protectors of the church's freedom. Wow. And that's what got me. That's what got me because I thought, who's time to take away the church's freedom? Mm. But second of all, why? 
And so when I finished the officer school, I went back to my parents in Sotto il Monte, and I said to my mom, ghosts okay they are the one around him for example when the, the only father leaves the vatican and he goes into another country even italy okay for instance the responsibility of his security is entitled to the country that is hosting him mm. but the people around the only father okay are always the swiss guards so when you see the pope the three or four guys around him, usually wearing black or blue, dark blue suits, those are Swiss guards. Those are not FBI agents or Secret Service agents if the Pope is in the United States. So there is a lot of training to protect the Only Father, and uh, the uniform is part of the tradition, and uh, it's a representation, for instance, in Rome, that when you see the Swiss guards with that uniform, you know that behind them it's a different state. So they are very well trained, and in order to become a Swiss guard, once you apply, they send you to a four weeks full immersion security and, and, and people protection training, okay, mm. where you learn everything, you know, and then throughout the service, 
as every uh, unit does. You know, you have all follow-up training. So, yes, you are ready to take a bullet if <laughs> needed. But please keep in mind, to protect this, the only pontiff, the supreme pontiff, the only father, is different than protecting a president of a country. Mm. Because you cannot tell the Pope you're not going there. <laughs> you are not. You can't tell the only father. Oh no, we are not going to stop here to see these pilgrims. He tells you what to do, and so you have to be an authentic entrepreneur. That you need to always anticipate his thoughts and have to be ready because if he says, "Oh, I'm going to stop now and I'm going to talk to these fifty people and there are only four around him," well, you need to figure out how to protect him. Wow. Do you have any, like, your fondest memory of your time with St. John Paul II? Anything you can share there? Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, many, but maybe let me tell you the first, first, first time that I interacted with him, okay? So I was about uh, six weeks into service, and, you know, I've seen him, in, you know, almost on a daily basis, but I will never talk with him because you know he will walk by or something and it's not that you are in attention and all of a sudden you get off attention to try to catch an autograph or as the uh, as the youth speaks today to take a selfie okay <laughs> so i i was there you know i was in the apostolic palace i was in attention they told me that he was coming and so i had to secure the place and that means, you know, close the door, make sure that nobody comes out of the elevator. He walks by, I'm up in attention, and all of a sudden he stops. Mm. And he looks at me, and he comes in front of me, and he says, you must be a new one. <laughs> and so when he, when he talks to me, that's a code that I can get off attention and engage in a conversation. And so I did. I got off attention, and I, 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 I strengthened my hand because I wanted to shake his hand, and I told him my name and who I was and when I got there. So he looked at me, and he kept my right hand in his right hand, and then he brought up his left hand and sandwiched my hand. Wow. And then he looked me, and then he looked me in the eye, okay, in the eyes, and he said, Well, Mario, thank you for choosing to serve who serves. Wow. And then he let go of my hand, and he walked away. Well, that day... I made myself a promise. I need to understand what this man has hmm. because whatever this man has, I wanted it. And I wasn't clear what he had, but I knew that he was special. I knew that he had a direct line with God. Hmm. I knew that he had a profound devotion with Mary. I knew that chief of states, uh, presidents, uh, uh, whatever, in front of him, they will all humble themselves and feel afraid. I knew <laughs> that he was special, okay? Yeah. And that day, I said, whatever he has, I wanted it. And wow. guess what? I'm still in pursuit of that. Yeah. Okay? And that's why I wrote the little book, I Serve the Saint, because it's an idea that I had to find an inspiration for our young adults that today in 2020, you know, they don't know who St. Pope John Paul II was. They really don't. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, hey, maybe if somebody talks about him and says few stories that can give you goosebumps or make you laugh as hard as possible, well, maybe somebody will self-motivate to go in pursuit of some 
individual learning, mm. reading some of the encyclicals, watching some of the videos, because again, he was a true leader. Wow. He was a living saint. We're talking with Dr. Mario Enzler, a former Swiss guard, as you've been hearing, but he's also the dean of the business school, the Cameron Business School, University of St. Thomas. About uh, three minutes left in our program, uh, Dr. Enzler. Uh, what, yeah. when, you, when you got out of the Swiss guard, what was the path that led you to where you're at today? You got three well, minutes. The path that le- oh, yeah, yeah. So I left the Swiss guard and I entered into the banking career and I joined one of the biggest uh, Swiss banks called UBS, Union Bank of Switzerland, and I did that for 20 years. Mm. And then uh, um, my wife has a brother who's a priest in Denver, and my father-in-law passed away. And so we left uh, Switzerland to come to be near my newly widowed mother-in-law. Mm. And I didn't want to, you know, be in banking in the United States anymore. So I established a Catholic classical education school in New Hampshire. Sure. And from there, six years later, I arrived in 2010. And six years later, I was hired by Catholic University in Washington, D.C. to teach finance and to teach priests and bishops, ecclesial management and administration. Mm. And now the Lord brought me to beautiful Houston, where I can continue this quest. I lived uh, 10 years in New Hampshire. That's uh, My wife is from Massachusetts, northern Massachusetts, and, and when I met her up there... You lived in New Hampshire? Yes, no that's it's where beautiful. I became Catholic. I came into the church on the Easter Vigil of 1999 uh, up there at the uh, cathedral in Manchester. In Manchester, wow. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. was living in Keene, you know, just outside of Manchester, about sure. 50 minutes west of Keene. But, uh, you know, uh, to in other words... St. Pope John Paul II, this is what I want to tell the people that are listening to us today in the last 30 seconds. Please become spiritual Swiss guards Mm. and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because once I asked St. Pope John Paul II, why did you choose the biblical passage of do not be afraid? And you know what his answer, Mm. which I believe fits well in this time of hysteria that we are in right now? Mm -hmm. His answer was because Jesus is always one day ahead of us. <laughs> so great. that's why we cannot be afraid. That's great. Well, praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. We've been speaking with Dr. Mario Insler. He is the dean of the Cameron School of Business at the University of St. Thomas. Uh, you can check that out. Well, Tim, what's the website there? U-S-T, it's S-T-T-H-O-M dot E-D-U? Yeah, that's right. Correct. dot E-D-U. Correct. All right. Praise God. Dr. Ensler, thank you for your time today, and thank you for your service to the church. Thank you for having me, and God bless you. All right, God bless you, too. Uh, praise Jesus. I want you to stick around, uh, dear audience, for the after show. Teresa, Kamara, and I, and uh, I guess Tim, and uh, even David Magianis can jump in on the after show. It's where we let our hair down, and some of us have more hair than others, to talk casually about uh, the headlines or the what was on the show today. All of that is coming up here in just a few moments on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can find us on all three platforms just by searching at GRNR. Online. Have I encouraged you to check out our website? If not, forgive me. The website is grnonline.com. And when you go there, make sure you let your browser know your location. I promise you we are not selling your information 
to anyone. It's just so that it can customize the experience for you to display not just the brand of the Guadalupe Radio Network, but to give you your local station information, let you hear the local station, let you uh, experience the local community from the brand's perspective. Just go to grnonline.com. If for whatever reason that doesn't work on your browser, if you go to the top left corner, you can get a drop down there and you can choose the station you listen to or the market that you live in and you can get that custom feed that way. GRNonline.com. I want to uh, thank our team here, Teresa Kamar from HoustonCoalition.com for being on with us. Thank you, Joe. Tim Mott for producing and David Magianis for running the board and uh, all of you for hanging out across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hey, did you get an email from us on Friday asking you to give us your opinion? If not... You know, hey, make sure you check your email inbox. We might send another reminder today. We're taking a survey to get your opinion that will help build the future of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Be sure to check that inbox today. Otherwise, we'll see you in the after show or we'll see you on Friday's GRN Live program with Dave Palmer, my colleague and his team up in the North Texas area. May God richly bless you. Pray for me as I make my way to Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. this week. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. Are you looking for a place to donate your gently used clothing to but are unable to drop them off at one of our locations? Worry not. The St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Store can help. We have over 40 donation bins available throughout the DFW Metroplex. Find one near you today by visiting our website and for a complete list of acceptable items at svdpdallas.org slash shop. That's svdpdallas.org slash shop. And remember, whether you are shopping or donating, you are giving at the St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. Uh...